0: They're like black jesus with the right. Final seconds. Right. For the win. what is good
1: welcome to the throne the flow presented by burbs entertainment i'm your host ralph compiano and i am not joined by jack martin tonight fuck the martian uh we're completely abandoning the flow and we're substituting with with a, a couple of nugs so we got barter fairman straight from denver posted up in the cut and we got Jack Turner. Jack, is this your second time on the Fro on the Flow? How many times have you been on?
0: I think we're uh, coming on three here, but uh, a few of them were uh, big little lies only features too. Uh-huh. So it's is the first time I think we're getting really deep into basketball territory. Big little pogs, rest in peace.
1: Um, yeah, today we're going to be talking about college hoops with the tournament this weekend, Sweet 16 and Elite 8, and how some of the players in this tournament are going to translate to the NBA. And then we're going to end the pod with the discussion close to both of these people's hearts um, about Nikola Jokic, as well as some other NBA players that are kind of in his region of impacting the game from strictly a bottom line level. And that's going to be credit to Turner's list. But first let's start with some college ball. We got the sweet 16 starting tomorrow night. I guess like where I like, obviously I'm watching from a very biased standpoint where I only care about one team And the rest of it is just kind of gravy for me where I'm watching these guys as prospects, strictly as prospects. So, like, when I watch Purdue, I'm watching for Jaden Ivey and Trayvon Williams. Well, I understand the rest of America is probably watching for, okay, who's the best team? I don't care as much about that as much as I do, okay, which one of these guys is going to impact winning at the NBA level. With Jabari Smith out of the picture, I'm curious, who do you guys think is going to impact winning the most at the next level from this Group of guys left? Is it Paolo? Is it Chet? Is it Ivy? Is it AJ Griffin? Or is it somebody like uh, Benedict
2: Mather in Arizona? That's a really good question. I mean, my gut instinct instantly goes to Chet because he's such a unicorn. um Whatever team he goes to to start, he's going to have three reigns to do whatever he wants. Um, what is it looking like the Rockets right now? It's, uh, probable landing destination that of the Thunder. Thunder, Pistons, Rocket, or Rockets, or Magic? Yeah, so he's going to get his touches uh, on a team that has nowhere to go but up. So the easy answer, I think, is one of the guys that will go top three because of the teams that they're going to. Um, I have been watching a lot of Pac-12 basketball, though, and Benedict Matherin really does stand out. Uh, and I think we're going to talk about Eric Gordon maybe later, but he really looks <laughs> like a young Eric Gordon to me. <laughs> Um, really yes
1: yes (laughs) Eric Gordon was pretty explosive I forgot about that Indiana Eric Gordon was absolutely
2: Dude, people when they're watching Benedict Mather and um you know like I've been seeing him all year and his three-point shooting is stupendous. um uh, and his ability to slash and create and he's a pretty good defender Eric Gordon's had the defense to some capacity most of his career right he's a shooter I'm not talking old Eric Gordon you know like fuck around last place Rockets Gordon um you know he's a guy that has serious potential I think he's the one with like the biggest span of like where he could end up as a player not a lot of people have been watching him as much as these other top prospects you know we see the talent from Jaden Ivey Paolo Chet guys like that but Matherin's right behind him him and Keegan Murray so
0: right um What do you think about this comp? I see a lot of Anthony Edwards in him.
2: Interesting. you see that too? That's, that's, that's a really interesting point. I think he's like a one step below these high flyers right at a college. And he's at that age too. Like he'll be turning 19 right around the draft. So he's a young guy, but like just like a half step below the Jalen greens and the Anthony Edwards and the Um, But he has the three point shooting that Anthony Edwards had on lock. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah like baby Anthony Edwards, even though Anthony Edwards is still a baby for all intents and purposes, right? so yeah, I think yeah. that's a I think that's a pretty good comp. Who do you think?
0: I mean, it's hard to match Edwards' athletic profile. He's a he's a shit brick. First of all, you just he's a massive person. <laughs> shit brick um, house,
2: baby. Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> second of all, I did see uh Benedict. Not not to go by Ben. Uh, I saw SVP made that mistake and I uh, had to pay the price from uh Benedict's mother. But uh, I saw his uh poster over there in round two, right? I think it was round two, or round one. Um, yep. Might have been one of the best dunks I've ever seen. That was like a flashback of like. He's going up looking to body people when he dunks the mm-hmm. ball. And that's that's where he gets shades to Anthony Edwards, just kind of fearless. And I, so I love his game. Um, I agree. I can see Chet kind of having a, a Mobley-like first year where he comes in. He's, you know, maybe not putting up the most – I mean, he's having pretty ridiculous stats, but um, maybe not the most ridiculous stats. And he's just got this all-around game that impacts winning. So I, I see that too. Um, I will talk about Keegan Murray for a second as a hot guy. Uh, this is a guy, he's got an all-around game. You see him run the floor, slashing, hitting threes. I think that um, he's a grinder, he's a worker. I mean, you saw the leap from freshman year, sophomore year. I think he's going to add a lot of game uh, when it comes to, you know, off the bounce. Uh, I think that's going to be a major improvement. But I think uh, he's one of those guys I'd love to see him end up on a team that has prospects of winning immediately. But if I see him on a team maybe that uh, has a long ways to go and he is supposed to be that primary uh, – ball handler. I, I don't know if they're going to win a lot. So I think that it really depends on where he lands, but uh, he's definitely a guy to kind of watch out for this next year because if he keeps pro- progressing like he has uh, in the last two years, then I think his ceiling's as high as anyone else's too. So those are, uh, I mean, three people I'd, I'd kind of highlight.
2: I'm going to throw you a cop for Keegan Murray. Let me know what you think about it. Like he kind of gives it. me shades of Pascal Siakam.
1: Mm. I, I was going to say um, like in like early, early Indiana Paul George, Mm. like before PG had like this, like elite handle or like Keegan is like, the thing about Keegan is like, he's pretty physically imposing. I know he's going against like, you know, college athletes, but I don't think he's going to get like bounced off of in the NBA or anything like that. Like he's going to do fine. Like he's going to, he's going to have the body. That's why I worry about Chet. It's like, you know, Chet's going to be responsible for guarding Jarrett Allen and Bede out of bio Carl Anthony towns guys like that. And I just don't know if like, he's going to be able to like, we saw it with Jalen Duran in the Memphis game. Like he did a pretty good job on him early in the game, but I'm not sure if he got fatigued or what it was, but Duren started figuring it out. And he's like, okay, I can hit reverse layups on him. As long as I'm like more in control of my post game. Whereas with Keegan, it's like, okay, he's what he's what six, eight, six, nine Turner. You know, he's a three slash four, but he could also play a two for you. He can defend one through four and he's bouncy, but then the Paul George comparison that I, I think of is he's got a pure jump shot. Like, this is a guy who I would I would go early to basketball games to watch him shoot jump shots like I would with Chris Middleton or Bradley Beal. So I think he's going to make an immediate impact. And then – so I think that's a great point, Turner. The other guy I was thinking about was Ochai Akbaji, if I'm pronouncing that correct, from Kansas. I've been watching him kind of closely because I was looking at um, the four finalists for – um, NCAA player of the year the Naismith award I believe it was um Stwebe from Kentucky the center who's averaging like 17 and 15 um Johnny Davis from Wisconsin 15 rebounds by the way is just fucking nuts I love going to college basketball stats Turner we were talking about this a couple of weekends ago I think it was during the conference tournaments um like what is what's the translation from like college stats to NBA stats like is it 75 points and college equivalent to um, 105 points in the NBA mm-hmm. and like averaging that out. So I just went through there per 40 minutes. He was averaging like 25 and like 23 per 40 minutes. And it was Bill just raffle. the funniest thing. Bill I was like, raffle. this is so cool. Like guys still do this. Like he's just an animal on the boards with those soft hands. Um, but back to Ochai, it's like um, when I think about like um, the philosophy of a general manager approaching the NBA draft, naturally you're going to gravitate towards the younger guy, right? Your Orlando or Oklahoma City, you're going to draft a project. But we've been able to see teams in the lottery make the jump to playoff contention pretty quickly. And with all the trades that are bouncing around, like, you know, New Orleans might have two picks in the lottery. If I'm New Orleans, what I'm doing right now is, you know, I have Brandon Ingram, I have CJ McCollum, and I have Zion Williamson. What I'm doing is I'm looking at these little bit older prospects like Abaji like even though Keegan Murray's is only a sophomore, He's a more developed game than A.J. Griffin, naturally. So if I land, like, the seventh and ninth picks, that's the route that I'm taking. I'm taking these older guys that have demonstrated they can do it night in and night out for two, three, four years in college that are – I think Ochi is only 21 years old, something like that. He's pretty young for – I think he's a senior. So, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, the philosophy because those guys are guys that can impact winning right off the rip. I don't know if Ochi is going to be as special as A.J. Griffin would be, but I think – immediately he's going to give you a better chance of competing.
2: Timmy time, baby. Timmy no, tie. No, <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, that, dude's no, a no, no. That, name is, that name is forbidden on this podcast. Timmy's Voldemort. Why,
0: Ralph? Just following um, the flow. Timmy might as well have been a Duke player in another era. I mean, this is no, the old guys for you no, real, know. for
2: real. That is so Dude. Cap. That is so Cap. Maybe a little more UNC, Tyler Hansborough type, you know. Yeah. Stuff.
1: No, no, no. He's definitely not Duke. It's not um, H&M. Storm Murphy from Vod Tech. That, that's a Duke guy. Um, I don't want to take credit for, like, all the players that I really love, but, like, Trayvon Williams, like, we're going to talk about him. We can talk about him right now. That's a Duke guy, dude. He is. He is. It's like we, like, we always – we loved having the bigs that could pass. Go back to Mason
0: Plumley, like, just a dimer from the high post. And cool. Oh, that's that's actually a great comp off the <laughs> off the rip, too, because as a Nuggets fan, Barty, I know you saw this, too. Mason Plumley's the reason his importance to this team and what we're seeing Boogie now for the Nuggets is his ability to kind of feel that Jokic role and come in and just dish the ball. The offense mm-hmm. is able to run fluidly and smoothly, no matter who's playing center. Um, and that's what Plumley's calling Cardinal League's really been, I think, is his passing. Um, he's pretty much mediocre to average everywhere else. He gives, you know good heart and hustle, but that's about it, and I see beyond Williams. I mean, his diamond alone and his frame—he kind of has the perfect frame for an NBA small center, six-eight. Like I think he's like two forty, big, big dude, great passer. I see it. Um, he's gonna be a second rounder, I think, is kind of where he's projected out to be. But I could see him being being someone in the league. So. I would take a flyer on him. I mean, I think he's sweet in college basketball too, but I know you guys both got thoughts about, uh, or at least, yeah, I got some thoughts about his game.
1: I think the boogie, like not comparison, but like the idea of him serving that same purpose NBA, because we talked about it a hundred times on this podcast. If I want a center, I either want them to be a rim runner a la JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, where they literally just, all they do is they run from one rim to the next, they catch lobs and they block shots and get rebounds. Or, if they're not that, I don't want the tweeners. I want a Bam Adebayo, Jokic type of player that is going to be able to fill facilitate from the high post, so DeMarcus Cousins. So when I think about Travion, I think this is an interesting comp. I think he's kind of like boogie, blended with Grant Williams a little bit. Grant Williams has been completely hooping for Boston this year, especially like last like 30 games or something like that. But like he's in between that height. He's in between that frame. If you were to just take those two players together and just smash them. And also really unselfish. Like if he was an All-American last year, and now he's coming off the bench for a seven-foot seven-foot-four kid and Zach Eady. Like obviously he doesn't care too much about ego. Like he's like, I'll fucking come off the bench in college and still make the All-Conference team. Doesn't make a difference to me. I just want to catch W's. Um, I want to I want to ask you guys about Ivy really quick because I'm kind of torn on him. I remember I probably watched two Jaw games when he was in college. At Murray State, and I was like, "Damn, this this motherfucker's special." Like you could see the facilitating skills, the natural point guard, not just abilities, but leadership and like ability to like get his teammates involved, but also like lead them from like a philosophical standpoint. That's like the the most exaggerated comp I see for Ivy. I don't personally see it. I see the explosiveness. I don't think it's as explosive as Ja. And I definitely don't think he's as good of a passer, but but what where do you guys stand on him? I don't think he's like an obvious top five pick. Am, am I wrong?
2: I I think he's top five in the current landscape. Um, you know, because I think it's a deep class, but I think he's a step above those guys that are just outside the top three, you know. Um, yeah, I I think it's funny that we always instantly go to John Morant as the first comparison right um for an athletic guard
1: yeah yeah i mean same haircut
2: yeah i mean i see floor being like a josh richardson type you know i saw someone say like baby d wade just because of like the speed and the explosiveness um you know guys who can attack the rim like that are going to have a place in the league and because he has speed professional coaching will help him develop his defensive game um so at the very least he'll be a defensive guy that provides speed and speed kills in the league right now everywhere. So, you know, I, there's, there's just no way that Jaden Ivy goes past five to me. Um, But I do see a potential for him. Maybe not panning out how we want him to. He uh, he's a sophomore as well. So he has some time to grow. Uh, Zach Eady is going to be the world's tallest car salesman next fall. <laughs>
1: damn that's tough you're giving up on him already
2: he's bad <laughs> some not even a G league spot some guys well he's yeah sure sure, right? sure because he's fucking seven four but like you know i think lebron said it ahead of an all-star game once he's like bro there are players in this league that don't know how to play basketball right mm. zach Eady's one of those guys zach Eady doesn't know how to play basketball he's just tall Right. And uh, he's got, no he's got a him. decent touch. Yeah. I mean, he's
1: not like gonna be like Yao or anything like that. Yeah, like Yao is you like ninety percent from the free throw line, like a oh, fucking god. But yeah. We don't have to talk about <sighs> I mean had a for the, the landscape of
0: basketball, I don't need another seven four guy in the Big Ten for two more years. So I think he's a sophomore, I hope he goes, but he will never be heard from again. I agree with you. That he doesn't look like he likes playing basketball. When I see him play, it looks <laughs> yeah. like he's a He doesn't like it at all, I swear. Into uh, you know his point guard. Let's talk about him a little bit. I saw a comps of Russell uh, Westbrook, which I thought was surprising. Um, I don't think he's as physical as UCLA Andy. Westbrook. Sure, I see the athletic a- athleticism shine through. Where I worry is that you know this is his sophomore year. Um, and I really expected him to like kind of take over and dominate in the Big Ten. I kind of saw shades of Andrew Wiggins at times, where the supremely talented. Um, physically gifted, should be the best player on the floor, taking over, especially in his sophomore year when he has such a f- should have such a feel for the for the game, and just be kind of dominating, winning. I mean, I know they're in the Sweet Sixteen. I'm not sure if they've had that difficult of a path to get there, um, but at times I've seen him kind of disappear for games for a second, where you know you see two plays from him, and you're like, anybody that's doesn't know anything about basketball can watch this game and say, oh my gosh, this guy is a freak athlete. But Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden he's gone for five to six minutes. And that worries me a little bit. Um, I don't know if this was his comp coming out of college. I think he was looked at almost the opposite way. This guy I'm about to speak of kind of as Russell Westbrook over the top um, aggressor. Uh, But I see kind of almost like Colin Sexton a little bit. Uh, Mm. A really good athlete, but just has been unable to pan out.
2: Darius Garland, too. It's those guys with the pineapple hair that I have a lot of faith in. John Morant, Darius Garland, Jaden Ivey, some about that chop that just like gives a plus five to speed, plus five to finishing. Um, But once again, we'll see how Jaden Ivey is able to respond to professional coaching. Darius Garland took it all in, man. And now he's a master facilitator. He's one of the best passers in basketball. He's one of the best point guards in basketball.
1: Right. 25 and 12 has lost like 10 games. He's
2: Dude, Like he had 18 or, you know, 16, 17, 18 assists last game for them. um There is a lot of potential for Jade and Ivy.
0: I agree. And to your Darius Garland point, this is more of a broad question. Maybe not even, you can go football or basketball. I mean, a lot of times you hear about kind of resting, you know, you're, your star quarterback and you get drafted, they might sit out the first year and learn the league. I can think of a lot of guys um, that maybe sat out their first year and then have had a lot of success. I mean, Ben Simmons, I mean, people look down on him now, but to say he hasn't been a success in the NBA would be a lie. He's a multiple-time all-star. That's Joel Embiid, Embiid um, Blake Griffin. Uh, Patrick LeBalance. Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Garland. <laughs> I mean, I Zion. There's a there's a lot of comps on the NBA side and it doesn't really get talked about a lot, but I think having kind of an environment, I don't know. It's, I guess it's more of a question or discussion topic for you guys. How you feel about handing the reins over to a rookie rookie where they either swim or drown or kind of easing them in or how do you guys feel about that? Cause I feel like this conversation gets talked a lot from a QB perspective in the NFL, but maybe not a lot mm. from the NBA side. Okay. I think it depends on the player. Like with Detroit, like Cade struggled
1: his first 35 games. He did. He was not very good. Um, the shooting percentages were down, he didn't look very confident. And then, you know, kind of post all star break, he's starting to figure it out. And the same can be said for Jalen Green. He was one of the worst players in basketball, like the first 40 to 50 games, and then he has his little bits of like explosion. But then there's guys like Jalen Suggs, where it's like, you know, he's getting thrown into the mix. Like we talked about Orlando last night when we balled Turner. It's like, I don't know if Jalen Stuggs is going to be able to really develop because he is not a crowded backcourt with Cole Anthony, Markell, RJ Hampton. And he's somebody I really believed in going forward. So he's not really getting the opportunities because of the roster. But I think that maybe he would be in a similar position. not Maybe not as um, well off as Cade or Jalen Green has been because I don't think he's quite as talented as either of them. But if he were to get like a situation like them, I think he would be in a better position place as a basketball player right now than he is in Orlando and I think the ultimate like just you know kind of putting somebody into a system that is I don't know if he was necessarily a perfect fit but like when he was drafted but now that we've seen him there for you know 60 to 70 games like looking at Scotty Barnes Like that's a guy that Jack, you've been texting me about him constantly. You're like, like, is he a top forty player in the NBA right now? I'm like, I don't know, probably not. But like, he's convincing me every night that he is. Like the way that he's playing on both ends of the floor. He's an example of, you know, you you just plug him in. You're not giving him too much pressure. You're not giving him the keys to the franchise or anything like that. But it's up to him to go and take the keys of the franchise. He's like, you know what?
0: Like I'm talented enough. I'm gonna go get this shit. I just want to say real quick, you Now I'll let Barber kind of chime in too, but the, the Raptors are my dream franchise for any long athletic, like, three, four, yep. whether it's Travion Williams or Keegan Murray. That's my dream landing spot for any of those guys because Nick Nurse knows how to put together a switchable defense that's slashing on the other end and playing them 40 minutes a game. I love it. I think he could plug you in for, like, 15 minutes a game, and you would be fine. <laughs> he doesn't play anyone 15 minutes a game. He's either 40 or five. That's
1: about <laughs> what you get but that's like that's your team like they just move the rock they have like the motion offense they're like running princeton out there it's a beautiful offense and um uh, yeah defensively it's like the they switch every position even van vliet like van vliet will switch on a robert williams if he has to it's nuts i'm excited to watch them in the play i think they're going to take brooklyn in the first game in the play in most likely but we'll see that'd
2: be so cool if they beat them yeah og ananobi precious achua they just have all these guys these fucking guys, man. <laughs> Another draft prospect that I really enjoy um, because he's like my type of player is Jalen uh mm-hmm. He turned 18 in November, I think. So he's like the youngest player in the entire country like by a long shot. Um, he's the type of guy. And like they're saying he'll go right around 10. But I'm hoping that a contending team trades up for him. I think the Hawks are like, hovering around 10 um, that spot, like based on their lottery probability, which would not be a good spot for him because double O needs to play uh, for them. But Jalen Duran is like, I love guys like that, where you know exactly what he's going to do. No more, no less, but he's going to provide that service super well. I want to see a contending team trade up and try to get Jalen Duran. Well, like we were just
1: talking about it a second ago, like, you know, the kind of center that is um, the Dwight Howard prototype of a rim runner. We he don't really don't have as many Dwight of them Howard. as you think we do. Like we have like, like the young guys that kind of fit that mold are um, Jackson Hayes, uh, Robert Williams. Other than that, there's not a lot of young guys like James Wiseman, ideally would be that, but he's been hurt. There, like, you know, his first two seasons. So we don't really know what he's going to be. Dwight Powell is a little bit older. He kind of fits that mold, but there aren't as many of them as you would think. Because a lot of these guys will want to shoot threes. They don't want to bang down low. Durant is just like, let's get it. <laughs> He's just like, I'm going to give you nine to 12 boards, block and a half oh, to God. two, and like three to four lobs a game. You can count on me there. I'll just chill in the dunker spot. I know what to do. I'll just be DeAndre Jordan on the Clippers. Um, but all right, Jack, let's go to your list. The the Well, oh, my God, we've been waiting for this all night. We've been waiting for yeah. it all night to talk about yeah. what players impact winning the most. Are we going to start with Jokic, or are we going to end with Jokic?
0: Because I imagine that uh, conversation's going to. We go can throw well. him in. The guy's so versatile. I'm sure we could be talking about any one of these other five players, and at some point, get flashes of Jokic. So he might just come kind of, okay. kind of whenever. Uh, but the first guy I want to talk about is somebody that I kind of see in uh, these kind of big guy prospects that I would be looking for um, if I was a GM, and these are people that can stop, you know, the Jokic's of the world. Um, the Giannis's of the world, Joel, uh, maybe not. I mean, Joel's pretty tough. I mean, 7-3 is just even different from kind of what you see as Giannis or even Jokic times. But the guy I'm talking about um, is Bam out of Miami Heat, number one seed in the East. This guy, um, I don't know. The question I have for you when I think about Bam, I think he's just somebody that's just on both ends of the floor, such a net positive, adding to the team, adding chemistry from the high post, getting your buckets, getting your boards, playing all NBA defense. It's just an all-around game. Uh, and that's what this whole Heat team, I think, it, like, em- like, is all about, really, is just players that play all ends of the floors and play overall good basketball. And my question for you, and for the next, like, this rest of the season or next year, would you rather have Draymond on the Warriors with all of his chemistry or Bam on the Warriors? Because I think Bam, at this point, is running
2: a higher-level version of Draymond. I think that's, that's impossible to answer I think that's, no, because, because who fits as well in the Warriors is Draymond Green, but it's bam, right? Like that's Ralph. What do you think? That's um, awesome.
1: He's the, he's the second best defender in the league right now behind Giannis. That's my first opinion. I, I really Warriors,
2: think
1: this. No, my, well, well, let me answer this question for me first. So you have three superstars and three role players for this list of, let's call this the, he just wins list. The he just wins list, and Bam Adebayo is the first entry. Um and he's a superstar. Is he a superstar or role player? Okay, he is a okay a because because I think the he's like star. he's one of those guys where you, you talk about like he's a superstar in his role, right? And he is defensively, he can switch the screen and roll, he can blitz it, he can hard hedge, soft hedge, ice, uh, he can double, he can guard your best guard on the perimeter, he can guard your best post player, and then offensively, he is just a facilitator. So as far as Draymond. No, Draymond, like you're asking this because you're you're saying, you know, Draymond already has the chemistry established with the Warriors, whereas Bam would come in as a foreign object and he would have to establish that chemistry in Steph and Clay's kind of twilight years. Am I correct? Right. Yeah, that's
0: true. But I would also argue on the flip side, nobody's better at establishing chemistry. I mean, Draymond's amazing, but Steph is the engine also. I mean, I think he has both ways, but Steph, I think, can play with literally anyone in the world and make it work. Agreed.
1: And the Steve Kerr system, it's just like, it's always going to benefit, like it'll benefit anybody like Bam. Like he's not going to get too much of an adjustment because Miami also runs a shit ton of different things on offense. Like they will completely switch their strategies quarter to quarter based on who's in, like if they have Tyler Hero, and Max Strus, and Duncan Robinson in, or if they have Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lauer and PJ Tucker in, everything is changing. So Bam is adjusting. I think, I think you have to go Bam just because he is definitely more talented, more athletic but I love Draymond to death. Draymond's one of my favorite players of all time. And I think if you're asking me this question um, about Draymond three years ago, maybe I'll, I'll lean towards Dre. But, like, Bam is what? Tw- like, we had him on our top 25 under 25 list at, like, number 12. That's way too low. Like he's going to jump the next time we do that. And, um, I mean, he's young, so it's like he's only going to get better. He, like, he hasn't peaked yet. And, you know, ideally he could stretch that range out to three-pointer the way draymond did like 2015 and 16 so i guess i would go bam i think it's a great question though it's a really that was like that was peak podcasting right there are we talking
2: about are we talking about for one season or like are we signing this guy to a contract
0: i was imagining contract i was imagine if we're talking season i think it's hard to pass up dre yep yeah because he's been there so many times But at the same time, I think that Bam – the thing for me with Bam that goes underlooked all the time is, you know, we ask these guys to win. Like, what does winning mean? They can't be a superstar until they go to the, you know, the finals. Even Chris Paul was clown for years because he couldn't get to the Western finals, even though he was obviously a great player. Clowned by douchebags and idiots. Bam was, I think, (laughs) in my personal opinion, the best player on that Miami Heat team that made a run through the Eastern Conference – and went to the finals in the bubble against the, the Lakers. I thought he was better than Jimmy um, throughout that stretch, and he was really the engine that made it go. And he was, what, his third year? And I think people kind of overlooked that at times. It was kind of a forgotten postseason. I mean, Jamal Murray had 50-point games. Jonathan Mitchell had 50-point games. It was just kind of a weird, weird playoffs. But Bain was, in my opinion, the best player on a team that won the Eastern Conference Finals, and that that goes a long way for me. I
1: agree. I would say in the finals, though, I think you would agree, too, that Jimmy was just unreal. Like, he was like, yeah. I don't know what happened to
2: him. He was unbelievable in the finals. People love clowning Jimmy Butler on Twitter. It pisses me off. I hate they it. They need to
1: chill, bro. Like, you know what? Like, I really don't listen to anybody on Twitter that I don't know anymore. I like. I think every day the amount of people whose opinions I respect is dwindling. I want to um, – like, if you guys – next time you guys go to an NBA game, I dare you to not get pissed off at the millions of fucking idiots that are surrounding you. These people don't know anything about basketball. They're like, <laughs> they're, just such in, they're just such invalids. Like, they're just like intense homers that are like, come travel, travel, travel. Oh, that was NFL. It's like, dude, get over yourself. You're so fucking. Uh, it's honestly frustrating. I need to I need to relax. So, all right, Turner, who's the next guy on your list? Are we going to do a role player or are we knocking all the three superstars first?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to go back and forth. Maybe this is a prisoner of the moment. He had a great game uh, last night, contributing to a win. I think he's been one of the best role players on one of the best teams in the West. That's Desmond Bain. Uh, this guy was Ooh. a in the draft. Uh, I'd like for you guys to opine and just kind of tell me what you guys think about this guy because I think this guy's the limit. Great role player.
2: Desmond Bain is top 10 in free throws and three-pointers. I forget if it's percentage or total made, but he just broke the record for most three-pointers in a season by a Grizzlies player, and he shoots – it's either he shoots so many free throws or he has a top 10 free throw percentage. Either way, those are two of the most important parts of the game. I think that goes without saying. He's so strong. The guy's built like a fucking linebacker. Like (laughs) – he dude, like he has saps for days, man. The guy's huge, and uh, <laughs> and like he, like there's just dude, like he's such a Memphis Grizzly. It's it is so fucking hilarious to me. I am a big Desmond Bain fan, so I'm glad you said that. What do you think, Ralph?
1: I'm. I want to ask a question: Is it, could he be an all star someday?
2: Mm, I I don't think so. I'll say optimistic about it, but I but I don't think Desmond Bain is an all star.
1: Really hard yeah, to be an all star. You're going to be one of the 24 best players in the league, one of the 12 best players in your conference. I don't but. see him
0: being a perennial all star by any means, but I can see him having one of those seasons where maybe the Grizzlies are by far the best team in the West and he's their third best player. Um, and maybe he gets in. Um, him, JJ, him Jay and- Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah he gets the Wiggins. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can see him getting in. I'm not sure if he's a perennial all star, or maybe an all NBA player by any means, but this is a dude you would just. I mean, it's
2: really grizzly to have. Oh on my team. god, kill to have yeah.
1: on your team. I think oh. he might. You know, he's gonna benefit from the jaw effect too. It's like, would we have? um Would we? I mean, I'm sure we would have. But would we have been as appreciative and as enthusiastic about Clay if it wasn't for Steph? Like, would we have tapped into every Clay game where he was heating up if we didn't know Steph was alongside him and he could also heat up at the same time? I think with Bane, it's like, Jaw is like. Like, um, I, I've been coaching these third and fourth graders, and I asked all of them who their favorite player was. Three of the nine said John ja Morant. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, really? I was like, is that easy for you guys to just be persuaded? I was like, okay, cool, man. That's awesome. Good for you guys. The other ones were fucking Stephen Giannis and the one kid, my boy Bo, kept it real, and he went with Braun because um, he's a real-ass motherfucker. I think he was influenced by his dad, though, because his dad wears all Braun gear my guy. Um, but Bane is like, <laughs> that's so funny. dad Bane is just like, <laughs> he's sick. He's an elite dad. Um, yeah, I think that, mm, I like that you have him on this list, Turner, because I think you're right, because, you know, Barter mentions the free throws and the three pointers, but defensively, he's so locked in. And he's, the thing I love most about Memphis is every single one of them is a motherfucker. They're all competitive as shit. And that's, those are my favorite kinds of teams to watch. And, You know, they treat every regular season game like it's, like, fucking do or die. And, you know, that's not – we don't see enough of that in the NBA anymore until, like, obviously in the playoffs. That's why I love the playoffs more than any time of the year because every team is doing that um, despite any kind of lack of chemistry or anything like that. But Memphis loves each other, and they just hate losing. So – and I think he's a big contributor to that. You know, he's, like, just as responsible for this cultural shift as Ja is. I think he's probably the second most responsible for it. Uh, maybe Taylor Jenkins as as well, but no. Mm,
2: yeah, dude, I fucking I have love so much, so much to say about the fucking Grizzlies. I just want to give them a golf clap, bro. Did you guys hey. see the game tonight, bro? 50% from three. Oh, 47 from the field, 88% from the free throw line. Seven guys scored 10 or more points. I think three or four guys scored 20 or more. And they beat a team who had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They scored a combined 80 points tonight. Together,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, dude, Taylor Jenkins. Uh, this guy came out of nowhere, and these are the kind of games the Grizzlies are fifteen and two. I put the stat in before the podcast: fifteen and two without Jaw. That dude, that is fucked. That like that, that that is fucked up. That this team can go out there and then in like the post game presser, they were talking to uh what's-her-face on the court, God, I forget her name, but just, like, the whole team piled up and was taking, like, a squad pick for the ESPN. You know it. Like They were blaring "Whoop that trick on the speakers, house was packed, everyone was mm. fucking... Memphis has so quickly established a culture behind guys like John Moran, Desmond Bain, yeah. Jaron Jackson, guys who all have very different play styles, but identical mentalities to how they play the game. People say it. It's the grit and grind Grizzlies, right? They all play the game the same exact way. They, it, it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I want to see what I can get. Like if I sprinkle a few bucks on a Grizzlies bucks, final future, like what kind of payout I can get on that. Cause I think that's juicy as hell right now. <laughs> that is ripe dude. Hey, three quick things. If you're looking for overs, the
0: beginning of the season, Think about the young team that tries real hard. The Bulls are another good example of this this year. Teams that put in a lot of effort. Suns last year. Young team that tries really hard. Uh, You can see them pop off some big win totals. Second, I think the Grizzlies are what we expected the Spurs to be in terms of a franchise with great stability that was a perennial playoff team and then a quick rebuild. I think we all thought the Spurs were going to be great again. The Grizzlies just did it. Oh, very impressive. And then third thing is Desmond Bain Statland this year 18, 5, and three. That's pretty good.
2: What's right, he shooting splits? Will... Wise, do you have his splits on hand?
0: Uh, let's. See. Yeah, I can pull them up.
2: I want to hear his splits because he shoots a lot of threes. Like he made two hundred and ten. Like if he <laughs> he's shooting forty two
0: percent on three pointers, averaging seven attempts a game.
2: Yeah, uh, d- uh, seven attempts. too. 40... Yeah. See, that's. Maybe he Actually, can be like two steals, too. I'm you know. talking
0: about being locked in on D. He's there. Yep. All right, next guy I want to talk about, mentioned his name, mentioned his team recently. This guy went from, uh, you know, an eight seed on the Thunder uh, with a depleted roster to now two seasons. It's probably the best team in the West regular season, Chris Paul. Uh, somebody I've put a lot of pressure on over the years. Somebody I've, uh, you know, maybe talked down on his playoff accomplishments. Um, but no matter what you think about the guy, the older he gets, the, you know, it's like fine wine, the more appreciation I have for him at, what is he, like one? the way he's just still breaking down defenses. I know he's not there, maybe all, every game of the season he's going to have to rest a little bit, but, I mean, Kawhi's been on a crazy rest plan the last few years, LeBron's on a rest plan, a lot of superstars are. Um, as long as he's there for the playoffs, I think the Suns are the team to be, and I just want to talk a, a little bit about Chris Paul and how he's been, uh, you know, just aging like like no other. Even. Even up to LeBron standards, too, I think, when you look at their physical uh, makeup. Go ahead, Ralph. You have to bring – you have to – it's one of my five <laughs> favorite players of all time. One
1: of my five favorite players of all time. LeBron, Kyrie, KG, KD, CP3. Um, and that would also be a killer starting five, I just realized. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, anytime you talk about Braun in year 19, yeah. like we just don't talk – we don't talk enough about Chris Paul in year 17 or 18, or whatever the fuck it is. Because, you know, you guys remember the fucking idiots – even like really popular like basketball pundits that are like, this is the worst contract in basketball. Like, do you watch basketball? (laughs) Do Do you fucking watch basketball? Have you seen Chris Paul play? Like, it's like the dumb, like he's literally a god at playing his position. He's called the point god. Nobody else even gets put in that conversation. Everybody like, I think watching Ja, what's so special about that is I see the Chris Paul gene and the fact that I refer to it as the Chris Paul gene, that just says everything. Does it not? It's like, this dude is like, like he's playing chess. People are playing checkers, the old cliche, but it's also like when I think about, um, when I think about like, uh, I was thinking about Gilbert Arenas today because I think he's on Rosillo's pod yesterday or something like that. He had a steep decline. He turned thirty and he had his injuries and he just couldn't recover. And Gilbert Arenas is a sneaky six foot four. He was like a combo guard that averaged twenty nine points per game. Oh yeah. Year. And then by the end of his career, when he's 29 or 30, he couldn't even get to 10 points per game. Chris Paul has been six foot flat, maybe, his entire career. And even leading up to that, he was still like, I'm sure he was short as a point guard on his AAU teams and high school at Wake Forest. He had to figure out a way to get angles to get shots up. And he's still doing that at 36 or 37 years old, whatever he is right now. He's still able to get shots up over Giannis, still able to get shots up over Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. He has just mastered every single angle. I think when we talk about like, who's the most fundamentally gifted player of all time being like Kyrie and Steph, I think Chris Paul has to be in that conversation every single time. Like if you watch the way he handles it, yeah. the way that he puts those spins him. on his passes, Come fundamental skill, whatever you want to call it. It's like, the little, like, delicate spins on the entry passes to Ayton or the pick-and-roll slips or just the bossing around of Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder and maximizing everybody on his team. This is perfect, Turner. And I, I think he actually got to the five seed with the Thunder, which is fucking insane because they were trying to, you know, not let him play the entire year. And his second and third best players were a really young SGA and Dennis Schroeder, and he still got them to the fucking five seed. Like, I don't know what else to say. I love Chris Paul more than anything in the world. I adore him.
2: We Chris Paul has two championships. We're calling him a top three point guard of all time. Chris Paul is three. We're calling him top two. Chris Paul is four. He's the greatest point guard of all time. No question to me, him and magic toss up, right? That's the only thing this man is missing. And it, you know, it fucking matters, of course, but he has drawn a short straw on some of his teams. uh, And the uh, era yeah he's playing it, in a it, really 20, difficult 20, era
1: it's like you expect him to 20s. win a championship when lebron and kobe exists and kd and the fucking warriors it's like that's tough and also i, I don't know when i think about like point guards the first thing that doesn't come into my mind is championships because like how often has a has the a championship team had a their best player be a point guard it's like okay 2015
2: Steph, isaiah um, thomas magic johnson that's it yeah
1: that's I, pretty I, much I, I, it. I,
2: I, I, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's a very short list. The Tony Parker finals MVP. Yes sir. we <laughs> first okay. yeah. Touche. Uh, I just want Chris Paul to get one at least uh, say for the rest of my life one of the five greatest to ever do it. The, the one
0: the one thing I wanted to say about Chris Paul real quick is that I remember growing up we'd have an argument who's better. Second time his name has been said today. Illinois grad. Darren Williams. Who's better? Chris Paul, Darren Williams. I was like, okay, CP3. And then we went through an era where it's like, John Wall's the next up. Russell Westbrook's Mm -hmm. next up. Chris Paul still was kind of ahead of him. Now he's still, you could argue, like, who's the best point guard now? Ja, Chris Paul. He's still in that conversation with, like, three generations now of kind of, like, point guards that came through. And I think the ironic thing is, talking about John Wall and Russell Westbrook, you know, Chris Paul got traded for Russell Westbrook, who got traded for John Wall. And it's like, People are trading around these just assets of Wall and Westbrook, who we looked at the last two years that Fly have been abilities. just well, yes. And their contracts are terrible. And some of them won't even play. And when some of them, you might as well wish they don't play. And I feel bad for Russ because he had a great career. And I feel like he catches a lot of slander online this year because Lakers are underperforming. And but the fact that Chris Paul was just out there this whole time, available like that. I mean, I think it's just incredible. He's a guy like you said all right let's keep this keep this going um we're going to talk about another uh, role player i think ralphie can talk about this one and uh maybe i've came to my senses a little bit so i don't really know if i love this play that much but his effort and energy and impact on the team is probably undeniable um that's uh texas a and like director's son alex caruso um Ralphie you you love this guy I think he's brought energy to the Bulls this year I mean I think the Lakers miss him um Barter I'm not I'm not sure how you feel about him but uh what do you guys (laughs) think about him as one of the more winningest or impact to winning role players out in the league
2: let me uh let me preface it by saying I know we were saying that I'm a Nuggets fan and that's true but Ralph knows this Marsha knows this I am a Bulls fan first my whole life um Alex Caruso is uh, he's like he's just say, he's a. Talk out, talk No no no.
1: Let me let me ask you this because me and me and Jack had this argument a few months ago. This is perfect. You can settle the debate right now. What? Who's a better Who's a better basketball player, Alex Caruso or
2: Will Barton? Alex Caruso is better really? basketball player than Will Barton. Who's a winger
0: ball player? Maybe Caruso, but, but no, nope. dude. dude.
2: No, nope. dude. There have been so many times where I'm here with all my buddies that are like denver natives and like we're all saying that and they're screaming at the tv because barton won't stop shooting dude alex Russo doesn't fuck up will will barton is a the thrill yeah dude he is fucking thrilling he's also a roller coaster the guy is a roller coaster i can't stand <laughs> you, him Carter. sometimes dude like in these series versus the trailblazers oh my god but all right. not going to slander will barton he is a mm. great player Alex Caruso though, right now, I think he's getting absolutely getting the respect he deserves. God, I wish that Grayson Allen thing didn't happen because, you know, we'd be talking about serious consideration for first team D off the bench. And that is mm-hmm. rare air. I mean, uh, has that there, has there ever been a player that's been first team all defense off the bench? Maybe Tony Allen like came off the that's bench one year. Besides that, um, that is something what Alex Caruso does, you know, I, I was going to say, you can't teach it, um, but you literally can teach it. It's just like, uh, it's, it's the willingness to learn. Kind of player. Yep. It, it, he has his like, own he's like the kid in practice who was right like now.
1: treating the shell drill. Like it's a fucking scrimmage. He's like, loves shell drills. You, you guys remember shell drills. They suck. I hated them. I wanted to shoot basketball. He's like, nah bro like i'm gonna defend every back cut i'm gonna get through every screen and i'm gonna dive on every loose ball so turner this is a perfect list you put together and i think i don't care who like you could have al horford as the next role player on this list but the fact that you got caruso on here completely exemplifies it i'm sorry for interrupting you barry go back
2: no yeah russell westbrook has nine points on four for 12 shooting with seven turnovers right now juicy (laughs) (laughs) I think they're in the third quarter. Wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know oh, you just said that you're tired hey. of the Westbrook slander, but. No, no, no. It's unacceptable. I, I slander. It's unacceptable.
0: I think he's been uh, lackluster and unwilling to adapt to his situation for the last multiple years now. But I just think that over the he course, not on, he's on your list? Still, has had great years. No. Is he not on your list? He's on the opposite list.
2: But, yeah. uh, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, he is on the opposite list. Someone <laughs> who contributes insane. to losing. Yeah.
0: Harder, <laughs> winning about winningest versus better player. I think there's two ways to look at this.
2: Who do We're I? We're not
0: going back to the Will Barton conversation. Playoff team. No, fair, fair. Go ahead. I want Caruso on my playoff team. Who do I yeah. want on my three versus three team? All right, sure. I yeah, want Will, sure. Will Barton and, sure, Will and, sure. and Michael Beasley. That's who I'm taking. They might not be the winningest players, but that's what we're talking about. Three on three. Let's get some buckets.
2: All and right. We weren't the... talking about three on 3 Touché. though way let the argument. Touché. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right. we're playing NBA 2K blacktop, sure. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah we're going yeah, to go one more role fair. player. <laughs> we're going to go one more role player real quick, um, and then we'll end with just some Jokic talk because, in my opinion, he's the best player in the league. Um, <laughs> another guy, he's kind of on the Caruso for me. <laughs> I can't really stand him, but his impact is once again undeniable. Um, we got Pat Bev for the Timberwolves, mm. culture changer. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's annoying. God, I can't I really stand that. to watch him play. I think it's an ugly style of basketball. I love watching college basketball, but I don't love watching college basketball in the NBA. And he kind of like brings that to the game. Um, and his ability to just be a gnat and get in people's heads and to kind of get this like intensity, he's what Jimmy Butler was supposed to be the cat. That's what he's that's what he is. And he's somehow found a way to do it. And uh I think everywhere he goes, whether it was the year the Clippers were missing everybody and they still made the eight seed kinda of like uh the Chris Paul season. His teams just um find a way to win and I think he's a big part of that, whether you think he's a good basketball player or not, he's a uh, he's on the winningest team. He he was, was on the
2: Warriors, I could see that but... seven. Yep. There you yeah. go. Right? He was on that too. Yeah.
0: He's nuts.
1: Like I, I despised him for so long, but I Still can't remember the three or four Minnesota games this year. Um, they love him there. They fucking love him. Like <clears> think <throat> they, they've won like fifteen of the last twenty-two or like seventeen of the last twenty-two, something like that. That doesn't happen without him straight up. D'Angelo Russell, um, one of my 15 favorite players in the league right now, top 10, something like that. Um, I love him. I love D Lo to death, but he didn't play defense for the first four or five years of his career at all. And he is completely like revitalized his offensive campaign. Sincerely. Like he's like, actually like engaged on that end. And maybe it's in part because he doesn't have to do everything offensively. Like he has had to in the past, but I mean, even in golden state, he was like taking possessions off defensively when he was the fourth best option after a couple of guys. But, um, Yeah, I think the thing with Pat is, like, he's an antagonist. (laughs) He's, like, we have these in the league. Every four or five years they'll pop up, and it's, like, damn, this motherfucker's really annoying if you're playing against him. But, you know, when I go to those Timberwolves games, they love him to death, and naturally I kind of start rooting for him too. Like, I just do. Like, I just kind of, like, edge towards his side. And, you know, the old Westbrook quote, pat brev trick y'all man he just running around out there like that's just cap like it just is like that dude is gritty he has very that's active hands
2: running around out there that's a fucking <laughs> bullshit ass quote that so is hypocritical
1: bo- <laughs>
2: yeah. it's funny as hell you He's- take draymond yeah. green and patrick beverly and put them on a team with like a star center and a st- and a star forward and that team wins a championship You know, let's put Bam, Draymond, Pat Bev, and then pick any like high scoring wing. No, no, no. We got Bam, so we can't take Jokic. Got a Bam, Draymond, Pat Bev, fucking Paul George. I don't care. That team there it's that invaluable breed of player that we're talking about. You know, there's uh there's a guy in New Orleans right now, Alvarado uh who's uh-huh. like showing flashes of it i mean the guy's a defensive monster alex caruso you just said it it's these fucking headband ass point guards who are like <laughs> just over six foot braids are bald doesn't like one of those two hairstyles and they just find a way to get it done they're just gnats out there you know they buzz around
0: yeah. absolutely all right, well, let's get to this last guy. I think he's the one we I'm excited to talk about the most. We don't got to go long on him because everything that we're going to say has probably been said before, and I think he epitomizes, while being a superstar, what every one of these other guys we named has is that kind of fuck you attitude. Uh, that's Nikola Jokic, best player in the NBA for my money. This guy, he's unbelievable. If you watch him play, I think he's also the most fun player to watch in the league. I mean, there's a lot of freak athletes but there's only one guy that just kind of methodically plows down and just breaks down a defense like him, just working his way into the middle, flipping up floaters left and right, hitting threes at almost 40%, grabbing over thir- like 12, 13 boards a game. He's a 13 player. and a half. Um, yeah. Fucking
1: unreal. stinky. Is Dude,
2: that second know. in the league? Second or third in the league in boards? No, he's oh. first. I'll tell you first? Right yeah. Leads yeah, the league one. in rebounds. Jokic is, uh, I took my mom to Pelican's Nuggets here at the Pepsi Center um, like a month ago. We showed up at the start of the second quarter. We thought the game started at eight. It started at seven. Um, but like we sat down and like we look up at the stat line and it's like Aaron Gordon's got a few, Barton's got a few. And then you look and it's like, all right, there's like seven minutes till halftime and there's one name up there that's got 8 8 and 8 right like it, it's uh we have never seen a player like it before and i don't see anyone for a very long time possessing yeah. a skill set at <laughs> that width and height um it's uh that's the nuggets are god man like the sky's the limit they feel like the denver broncos right now with like jamal murray and michael porter maybe coming back before the start of the playoffs Dude, if I'm like, if I'm having a matchup with like a fully healthy Nuggets team round one in the playoffs, that would suck right now. Like, mm-hmm. that, that would suck because they're playing these games close, you know, with Jokic and then, mm-hmm. you know, a supporting cast that is, yep. you know, we can hype them up as much as we want. I think Monty Morris is a great player. I think you side with me on that, Ralph. Um, but like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just not a very good team besides Jokic.
0: Jokic it is, isn't.
2: It isn't a very good basketball team, period. Jermichael Green that. gets like 22 minutes per game for this team. Like
0: <laughs> Jokic has proven that he has the ability to win playoff games, single-handedly, or playoff series, for that matter. I mean, his style of play it just actually translates really well to the playoffs. He's able to slow the game down in those clutch moments and just facilitate and make sure they get a big bucket um, no matter where they're looking. The other piece with yoga, this is my favorite thing about him, is that, you know, usually you take somebody that's never watched a basketball game before you put them on court, side, you say, who's the best player? And they, like, you know, they stick out because usually their athleticism and their body type, and they're just like Giannis, LeBron's, they're free ADs, they're freaking nature athletes. Uh, my girlfriend, you know, when, when Nuggets are on, we're watching them, and we've watched a lot of playoff series together, and now she's, like, slowly been able to kind of get familiarized with the team. And she'll just, like, sit there and she'll be like, this guy is so good. He's Like, she's able to watch these games with very, very little basketball knowledge. I doesn't watch any basketball besides, you know, here there when I got it on. And she sees Jokic's greatness. And I think that that's underrated almost the national media and just how people talk about him is, oh, he's this boring player. He's this guy that's not going to be able to capture an audit, audience or, like, be captivating. And I just don't think that's true at all. I think his brand and style of basketball is beautiful and really fun to watch.
2: Denver's becoming – you guys watch – um?
1: Did you guys watch a uh, Game Five of the Western Conference Finals in the bubble? Did you watch yes, that? Yes. yes. Yeah. I did did she think Jokic? Did she think Jokic was better than Braun in that game for the last specifically last last four minutes, four minutes or something I like that?
2: Completely forgot that the Nuggets were in the Western Conference Finals. Wow. Yeah, I mean, man. yeah, it was
1: four one, but he was uh, all right. So let me just.
2: Still, um, Anthony Davis. I, I, I can't help. say he's the.
1: No, 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 no. Stop. <laughs> We're not talking about right now. We're talking about Jokic. <laughs> uh, I can't say he's the best player in the world wholeheartedly because I think Giannis. Is. That guy went for fifty. That's that's, in, that's the only other player.
2: guys Yep, yep. Fuck Kevin. Durant, I think it's the only bro. other
1: guy. Okay, stop. <laughs> stop it. Um, I think Sorry. I think it's like I I have him beat in a, a the second tier in my with LeBron and then the first tier I would have katie and I would have Jokic and I would have him beat naturally. Um, but my thing is is. Jokic can be the best player in the world once he sustains it for an entire playoffs. Last year, I think the second round, people overstated like the quote unquote failure against Phoenix. Well, I mean, he didn't have like the supporting cast that Phoenix did. He still averaged 25 and 13 and six in that series, shot 28% from three, which isn't great. But I think that gets that overshadows the first round against Portland, where he was literally God. Like, he was, I think, he averaged like. I have right here, uh, 33 points per game in the first round against Portland, and he just went four two. He was the key to that entire series. But when I'm looking at this, it, we just talked about this, and this isn't to you know, um, give any credit to Anthony Davis or anything like that because I'm pretty pissed off at him right now. But Jokic only averaged 22 and seven and five in that series against the Lakers. Now, granted, that was a Lakers team that was very big, and that was what they had just come off of two seven game series in a row yeah, with Utah yeah. and the Clippers. So he was, he had been fucking exhausted at that point. And he was a little bit chubbier not then and now he's in much better shape, but this is all just to say, I can't confidently say he's the best player in the world until Giannis gives up that throne. And it doesn't look like Giannis is going to give up that throne because Giannis keeps getting better, but at the same time, Jokic keeps getting better. So there's kind of at this conflict and you mentioned um, a Milwaukee and Memphis finals. I think with Jamal and potentially MPJ coming back, my dream finals right now is Milwaukee and, and Denver. I would love to see these two dudes face off in the chip just next year. I don't know if it,
2: yeah, it probably won't year. get the
1: ratings that, like, you know, a LeBron, like a, a surprise Lakers Brooklyn finals would. And I would love that too, obviously, because of the whole Kyrie thing or whatever. But, um, I just think that seeing two European dudes take over the league is so fucking cool. We haven't talked about Luca at all or anything like that, but just like seeing these guys just kind of grip the league by the balls and be like, listen, we're here. We're the best. I love it because they're just so different. It's like the best American players that are their age are like kind of predictable. It's like Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. And I love those guys. They're your typical swing men. They're going to get you buckets and play defense, but there's something just so unique about these European guys and Luka, Giannis, and Jokic that I don't think we should take them for granted because they deserve all, all the accolades they're getting. And I think Jokic is going to go down as one of the three or four best centers in NBA history straight up.
0: Yeah, Ralph, good call. I I get blinded. Jokic is my favorite player, but it's hard to, uh, um, yeah, to argue against Giannis after last year's performance in the finals. And I think until somebody comes and grabs that, that rain from him um he can claim it especially after a couple 50 point games in different uh clutch situations and but those are my that doesn't uh, mean yas
1: is the mvp i I would vote Jokic mvp because that nuggets team would literally be the worst team in the league if it wasn't
0: for him and And it's the most valuable player lebron has blatantly been people could say this lebron's the best player in the league and this guy's the mvp right Um, Right, or
1: he was the best player in the league for like 15 years and he has four MVPs. So um, yeah, he just, maybe he, I mean, I think there were instances where he was the most valuable where he didn't get it. Like, I mean, if you look at some of those Cleveland teams early in his career, specifically, like he literally dragged Sasha Pavlovich to the 2007 finals, probably showed MVP that year. Didn't, but I don't think like, I don't know. When we look at the MVP, it's like it's just such a weird argument because there's so many different angles to look at it. But I think no matter what angle you look at it right now, Jokic deserves it. Like he plays every game. He gets a double double every game, triple doubles like one third of them. And you know, he's literally a seven footer playing point guard because nobody else on his team can do it as well as him.
2: Why are why are Golden State fans so quiet this year? Last year they were dying on the hill of Steph Curry MVP. Jokic is doing what he's doing times two this year. I mean, they are the sixth seed on a team that is as bad with, like, just him. And, you know, that is one of the angles that you were talking about. It's like these spectacular players on teams that aren't performing up to snuff. And, you know, even the Nuggets being a sixth seed, that's that's impressive to me, you know. It's so the Warriors, wild. The Warriors barely made the play-in last year and then got beat you know, granted in a sick game, but like, you know, what he's doing is making what Curry did last year, you know, look, the doable. (laughs) Well, something you were telling me the other day too, is just, there's so much, you know,
0: talent in the league now. It's pretty incredible. And I think, you know, 20 years ago, it was pretty much difficult to envision people voting a six seed MVP. Um but now it's, you know, we watch these games and we see these players and you're able to, you know, you see every game. It used to be a little bit more difficult, I think, to catch this many highlights and, you know, understand what the advanced statistics are saying as well. But being able to say that the league is this deep and this talented and this guy is this good and that a sixth seed is actually really impressive because of the people he's going to have to play through and, you know, work their way through is a testament, I think, to the overall talent in the league. And, you know, if he doesn't get the MVP – that's okay too. I think Joel and uh Giannis have both had great seasons. It's gonna be, you know, like the last ten games or so that each of these teams have, it'll be kind of come down to that. But um yeah, those are the those are the six guys that I think really do impact winning and I love watching them play for that reason. Uh anything else you kinda wanna hit on or wrap wrap up here, uh Viv or Barter?
2: It was no, we're perfect, good. Jack. It was yeah, perfect. you killed it?
0: That was a great fucking thank ones, you
2: for coming sincerely. on. Yeah. Yeah, dude. This was a fucking good time. That was a good list. Desmond Bain,
1: for, Yeah, Desmond Bain, Jokic for back-to-back MVPs. If Giannis could do it, I think Jokic deserves it. And who knows, maybe he wins a, wins a title this year. Um, I don't yeah, want thank him you for hopping on. to win
2: the MVP. Sorry, sorry. Doesn't no, deserve
1: it. Don't. doesn't deserve
2: I it. I don't want him to win it, dude.
1: <laughs> I don't think he will. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Well, right. hey, thank you guys for listening and tapping in. We will be back next week recapping what happened in the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8. Maybe we'll get one of these fuckers back on. Um, we'll also be talking Oscars then recapping that as well and uh, mm. we'll inevitably be really pissed off about a lot of the stuff that happens then um and i'm sure duke will fucking lose then too so um yeah make sure to tap in next week thank you to jack and Bart for hopping on peace um, all right, all right, all
0: right. I feel like black jesus